Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Make some noise, Orange fans. It's time for the Hughes Nation Podcast with Sean and Joe. Give us a like on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Hughes Nation Podcast. What's up, Q's Nation? Thanks for tuning in to the Q's Nation podcast with Sean and Joe. If you like it, please share it. Five-star review wouldn't hurt either. Um, a programming alert. Programming alert. Uh, we are going to be changing the, the, the show name. And the reason is because that way, then we'll have all of our... The website, the Twitter account, and Facebook, and the show will all be able to match... Um, it'll be the same for once. Yeah. It'll be the same instead of, you know, three, four different things. And um, that way there we can just kind of brand ourselves. I didn't think the show was really, you know, we were just playing around with it at first, called the Cuse Nation Podcast, because, you know, it's a fan, it's a good fan thing to, you know, to go by. And it's something we use on Twitter and stuff like that. But it's not ours. I never tried to claim it to be ours or anything like that. But we're just going to do our own thing and brand ourselves with with something else so the show will not change none of the content of the show will change but it's just a name this will be the name in the in the logo you see will be different and that is that is literally it that's the only (laughs) thing that's going to change so um that way there we can we can do our thing all right since we since we were here last time we were still up in the air about tyus battle we speculated he would uh, go at least to the Combine, and he got his invite to the Combine. And not sign an agent. Yep. And not sign an agent, and that's exactly what he did, right? So um, yep. now now for our next predictions. Tyus is gone. <laughs> Tyus has been preparing for this, and I don't think he's – he's going to have some stiff competition. There's no doubt about it. But oh, yeah. he, he's prepared. And I think he's, if he's projected, obviously, if he's projected to go in the first round and he impresses enough people, I'm sure he'll get the feel for it uh, one way or the other. I think he goes. So, uh, uh, I think, think with him, it's more of a pride thing. It all depends on how he plays against the, uh, the other players, comparable position players. You know, I think that the kid's humble enough to realize if, oh, absolutely. He's, out, if he's outmatched and if there's going to be 10 to 12 shooting guards better than him, then it's probably not worth going – and, I mean, obviously the fact that he likes Syracuse and he wouldn't mind coming back, you know, probably w- doesn't hurt either. So, again, it just comes down to what he does in the combine. So, we'll have to wait and see. And he's definitely something to keep an eye on. But there was uh, an article in Syracuse.com talking about some of the things that Ty's battle are going to have to prove to uh, NBA teams during the combine that he can actually do a little bit better in three-point shooting, dribbling with his left hand, finishing around the rim with his left hand, some other things like that. 
were some of the, the things that I remembered. But again, he's, he's one of those fringe guys where now he's going to be playing against nothing but stiff competition and, and how he competes against them is, is going to be big. So I, I wouldn't go as, as fast as you and say he's gone. If he goes out there and balls out and he, and he plays just as good as most of them, then, then I'd say he's gone. But Yeah, well, we'll see. I'm, I mean, I just feel he's good enough to go. I think he's obviously been preparing for this. He's been preparing for this in um, in the Mellow Center, even you know long before, obviously. And that he announced, but we'll just we'll just have to wait and see. And like you said, the thing about Tyus is that he is he's in, he's honest enough with himself to know to get a good feel once he's out yeah. there and everything. I think he's honest enough to himself to realize if he's gonna be able to be drafted in the first round or not. Yeah. So and and there was there was a plan put in place, most likely probably before the season even started. Beheim he'll tell his players when he thinks they're ready or if they should go and, and kind of check it out and just test the waters. Because again, some of these coaches they encourage them to go there without. I mean, if you have to remember Malachi Richardson, Tyler Lydon, and now Tyus Battle three in a row here, where Beheim kind of encouraged them to go in there, but without an agent and kind of see where you fit and see test the waters and, and go through the. Uh, the whole experience. So I think that that was going to happen no matter what. As soon as the season was over, he was going to start working out for the NBA combine and, and, and seeing what's up. But again, like I said, he's a kid where I don't think money um, is an issue and him not liking school is not an issue. And again, he's not, he's a very humble kid. So I think it just comes down to what he does at the combine. Yeah. And also since we were, um, so that wraps up, that wraps up Tyus. We'll just have to wait and see. May 29th is the <clears throat> is the next date. So, yep. We'll know by then. So, Bryce Golden, we were we were kind of high on Bryce Golden. I was really I really I really thought we had this guy. Yeah. But he he chose Butler's as you probably already know. And that position is is one I'd like to see filled because of who we've got there. Not because of the talent we got there, but because we only have two guys that are really going to play it. They're looking at this Braswell this, in this, this center O-Sun, but the, as far as forward forwards go, it's Braswell right now. But you've still got grad transfers yep. that are a possibility. So Bryce, I mean, Braswell would be good. Braswell would be good because he would be, a, he would be someone good that could fill the minutes. If he need, if he needed to. Plus, I think he's a long term player. I mean, he could be there, you know, three, yeah. four, three, four years. Yeah. So he's a little small. He probably needs some peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, as we always say about the small guys. Like, Dolezal. they usually are coming out of high school. Yeah, I mean, Gold, Golden was more physically ready, but Braswell could be the better player after three years. You know, developing stuff like that. So. I don't think I mean, it's really as important as who we get right now as much as, I mean, Elijah Hughes going down being, you know, he ties battle height, 6'6", six, six around there. Like, Beheim's going to have him playing small forward sometimes just because of the amount of talent and, and for scoring. But when it comes down to defense and, and possibly starting the game and end of the game stuff, you know, he doesn't want to have a 6'6 six, six guy down in the wing the whole game, so... And Merrick and, and Brissett would be the only other guys. So I just think that we need to fill that spot. Because Elijah Hughes is going to play some guard, too. Yeah, well, if, especially if, if Tyus doesn't come back, he's going to have to. Yeah, ex- so, exactly. So, that's, and that's the one thing. If Tyus comes back, then Elijah Hughes is going to be forced into getting a majority of his minutes down playing small forward. But then that's going to make us small on the defensive rebounding end. And we have struggled on the offensive, you know, giving away offensive rebounds 
maybe not last year, but in the recent, you know, past. Yeah. So, so Braswell, he's listed at six nine one ninety. A little, like we said, a little thin, but he he. They call him a shooting forward. A sharp shooting forward is actually how yep. is actually how two four seven Sports had had um, listed him as, and he was ranked nationally two hundred twenty eighth, but fifty first for power forwards. So yeah. in that and in the other schools that were interested in him were Matt, UMass, um, right? You know Fordham, James Madison, Oklahoma. I think wasn't, isn't Oklahoma State? Oklahoma State, ODU, yeah, uh, yeah, Creighton. Because he's raw, he's raw. Yeah, but like I said, that- <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use indeed the better it gets and listeners of this show will get a 75 dollars sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com match just go to indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That's why I compared him to like a, a James Sutherland. And and uh, that's kind of what he looks like. James Sutherland, he, what, the last two years of, of eligibility, he actually came on and played pretty well. Athletic guy that can jump, play the wing. But, I mean, he's a shooter. Once he puts it all together... I mean, imagine Merrick, if Merrick could go stand outside on the three-point line last year so that they couldn't double our drivers every single time and Merrick could just sit there and hit threes. Like, that's what you're looking for, and that's what they're looking for in Braswell. If he can come in and play the wing and be that person for five to seven minutes so so Merrick and Brissett and those guys can get some rest, then that, that's all they need, but they need somebody that can do that. Yeah, and he, you know, they're saying he's got a hell of a jump shot, he's got great hands, and he can... Um you know he's got nice touch inside too. So, no, well, he's know, athletic. He's can block athletic some shots. and mobile. So on defense, he's, yeah. he's five fouls. He can go out there and block some shots. But exactly. So another one that would cross the radar, I guess, is Khalif Battle, who's Thomas's yeah. little brother. I never really gave this serious thought. I don't think anybody else really did. But Syracuse did offer him. I think that's kind of like a courtesy thing because they yeah. they know oh. the family and everything. What? There was a there was an article back when when he was uh, when Battle was a freshman and and Khalif was in high school and they were talking about it and they talked about how they offered him and Khalif said that he liked it but even back then it kind of seemed like he was kind of his own person not trying to hey, follow you know any type of legacy type path. thing yeah yeah so uh, he's going to Butler so <laughs> Bryce uh, Golden's going to Butler yeah it's like okay all right I see what's going on here. Uh, Jordan Tucker but, went to Buck Butler. That's right, and he's going to finally get. Oh wait, no, he's got to sit out another year, right? Yeah, I don't know because I don't know how much he played at Duke. So, and I know he announced his transfer 
while the season was going on. So if he never played, then maybe technically this could count as his red shirt. Because I think he by the second semester he was there well, or the winner. It's seven the winter games. semester. It's it's seven games if you play in yeah, seven games. Yeah, I mean, we know who we'd have to ask for that because we don't have that information right now. But right. I'd, I'd guess he most likely because it's the NCA and they don't care about the kids will probably have to sit out next year. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> so, okay, so I just wanted to get that in. He's a he's th- That's a great family, Gary Battle and, and their mom. And, and obviously yeah. you see it in Tyus. I mean, they're just good. They're just – it's just – they raised some good kids, those two. Good people. Yeah, good people. definitely. So, all right. We talked about Braswell, Golden, Cleef. All right. Now this Osun. Do you want to try his last name? Why do we always got to get these these recruits with these funky last names? I always have trouble, <laughs> I always have trouble pronouncing. Uh, Osinie. You know, Osinie. That's what I would guess. Osun. Osun. Osunini. I said I wasn't going to try it. Osunie. Because <laughs> there's an E and then an E. <laughs> I don't know. I have no, no idea. It's, that's, it, that's what I'd guess. Oh, uh, I'm just going to call him O-Sun. I'm going to call him, call him Double O. Oh, okay, oh. We can do that too. Double right. O. Double uh, O Sun. 6'10 <laughs> center. Okay. Uh, he's coming to visit Thursday. He was a former LaSalle commit, but after their coach uh, was fired in March, he decided to get back into the recruiting pool. So. According to Syracuse.com, Georgetown, Maryland, St. Bonaventure are also interested. Uh, he's going to visit St. Bonaventure, actually, before he comes to Syracuse here on Thursday. And he's a late bloomer. I think he was 6'1 his freshman, uh, when he was a freshman in high school, and he's now 6'10". So yeah. he got the height on him. Well, and that's around when he picked up basketball, too, 8th, ninth grade. Wow, that's he didn't amazing. He play basketball before. Yeah, so. Yeah, so yeah. he's a great inside guy. He's um. There was only a couple, a couple uh, videos I found on him, and the one that was the best that I saw it looked like it came from his YouTube page. I posted it at qsmilitia.com. But he's a good finishing it on the inside and great blocker. I mean, you know. He looks athletic, but again, just raw. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But he also has played a year after. He graduated in two. 2007. He went to a prep school after, correct? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so he's, so he's, just, he's raw, but he's 6'10". He's athletic. And 6'10", 185. Just, and that's exactly what we do as far as plugging in the middle of that zone. So, Yeah, and you know. there's no real good profile on him. Nobody has one. ESPN still has him committed to LaSalle as they are just on top of everything, ESPN. And the, the only one I found was verbalcommits.com and they just have him listed as a two star. So Right. And again, this is this is the kind of the luxury that we have and the stuff that Beheim used to do all the time when we had full scholarships and that's be able to to find these maybe possible diamonds in the rough and yeah, it looks like there's you know, two of them on the radar. I mean really. Yeah, but I'm I'm just saying like this guy realistically these last couple of years having sanctions and not these not these scholarships, like there's no way that he would put a scholarship up and I don't think they have offered him yet but again that's just the luxury of having a full roster of scholarships and now he's going to have a son on the team to where they can kind of play with that walk-on scholarship position so he can go and he can get guys that he might think he can develop in two or three years you know so that's the thing because when you pop those guys in there then you have the upper advantage to those teams that have to just refill their teams every year so with with those son uh, if if he was to if he was to commit, we were to get him next year. Would he likely redshirt because 
you know, Chuku is a senior, but two, we already have two. We'll have two healthy centers going into next year. Do you think you yeah. red shirts? I would assume so. Yeah. I mean, there's no, there's, uh, I think I believe it'd be one of those things where it would just come down to whether or not they needed him or not. They might redshirt him, uh, but you never know with the, I don't know the the history of health between uh, Chuku and Sidibe for the amount of time they've been here. Can't really guarantee a, a red shirt, so right. it could be one of those things where they plan on redshirting them. But let's wait to see what happens with these guys' health. But uh, as long as Sidibe and Chuku are healthy, those are going to be the two guys in the rotation, and Osun would not get minutes, so therefore he would redshirt. In Beheim's eyes, that's probably what he'd want to do. But in, again, he's more like the in case of emergency break glass kind of thing. Right, and not only that, but is is he gonna is he gonna commit to a place that's gonna that he's gonna have to sit for a year? You know, I mean, kids aren't really, you know, looking to do that all the time. And he's already played a year of prep school, and they won the championship. You know, he was the MVP of the game. I think I believe they they won the game in overtime. He scored twenty seven points. I mean, he probably wants to play. You know, you're right. So, but uh, I mean, Beheim, he gives. I believe he gives. I think he's one of those guys where if you're if you can play. And he's going to give you the minutes. He's going to give you the opportunity. So yeah, absolutely. So, all right. Well, I guess that's that's really all I got as far as recruiting stuff. Any kind of any kind of scenarios you see you want to play around with to to finish up. I'm still questioning on whether or not uh, we're going to end up getting a graduate senior. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't. I know there was a couple articles about some of the graduate seniors that Syracuse should look for towards like power forward, stuff like that. I still don't know if Ryan Luther had made a decision on anything or a Kenneth smart or any guys like that. But a lot of times graduate seniors, they wait until they wait until the draft comes around, you know, May 29th where they wait to see which kids are coming back, you know, pulling their names out of the draft and coming back to school and looking at depth charts, different schools and stuff like that. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, there's not going to be a graduate senior possibly in the horizon we're looking at anyway, just in case. But I still do believe that, obviously, uh, they like Braswell. But if they have a chance to get a guy like a Ryan Luther or a guy that's been a three- or four-year player at a decent program to I mean, play over Braswell. That's ideal. And the, the short, that's ideal, yeah. Short, so. short term right now, I think, you know, in the situation we're in, it would be nice to get some experience there. But – but I mean, we have room to do all of it. Yeah, exactly. You could we have get enough both. scholarships. We could get Braswell. We could get O'Son, and we can get a graduate transfer, and yeah, still be exactly. fine. Exactly. And, it's and if just, it was close, then Buddy Beheim could go as a walk-on, and we would be fine anyway. So, yeah, this like, is the first year. This is the first year of finally our getting all our scholarships back, and he's trying to he's trying to get some guys that he can get in, be a three, four, five-year players that can kind of bulk this depth of this uh, team back up. Yep. So. All right, that's that's all we got for. I'm sure we'll be back again, um, probably once we figure out what Tyus Battle is going to do, and there'll be more stuff breaking. I'm sure there'll be more recruits coming, and oh, yeah. maybe we'll have more stuff on maybe even a grad transfer here by the time Tyus has to make his decision. So, no, oh, um, yeah, and there'll be a bunch of write ups about what's going on in the combine and who's doing well and stuff like that. So, yeah, and we'll we'll keep you as well posted as we can. At, yeah, uh, QSmilitia.com. So, yeah, and we'll all that stuff's posted to Facebook and Twitter. All right, moving on. We got uh, a little bit of football talk. What else quick. happened? 
<laughs> well, yeah, right. <laughs> what uh, else happened the past three weeks? I know, I know. I feel it. It, it does kind of suck waiting three weeks to when when we were during the se- basketball season. We were coming on two, three times a week to podcast, and right. you know, it was full packed. Now we're like sitting around, kind of waiting for things to fall in our laps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no one wants to listen to us talk about nothing. So <laughs> exactly. Well, you'd be surprised. Or the same thing over and over and over and over again. <laughs> Well, some of the podcasts I've I've listened to, it, it, maybe it's popular because it's what they do. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, um, not my style. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, former Texas A&M offensive tackle Coda Martin is going to join us this upcoming season as a uh, grad transfer, six six, three hundred and ten pounds. Started, Great pickup. Started fourteen games um, for Texas A&M o- over the last two years. His father is Kirk Martin, who is the quarterback coach for SU, and his father-in-law is none other than yep. Dino Babers. So he will join us for a year. We think, Joe, that's a much-needed spot too. Oh as yeah, far as that's a great pickup. Goes, yeah. So kind of. That's uh, a great. I mean, that's a guy that if if he started 14 games the last two years at Texas A&M, I'm assuming he's going to be able to step right in and be a starter. Oh yeah, our, I, I, you know what I, I mean. Be, like I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he came right in, took the left tackle spot, and then Cody Conway got moved over to the right tackle, and it just bolsters our line. and And hopefully, this is the the type of push that we can need to kind of get our running game and and, and help protect Dungey to to get us over over the hump because he might need a little bit more time this year with the younger receivers, and our our, our running game's definitely got to get better to help that too. So. Yeah, he's Hopefully got his wheels is... though too. You know, he don't wait around. No, he's got his wheels, but um, his wheels are burning. As up. we can see, <laughs> as we can see. <laughs> never like we were just talking about before we started the show was uh, he's never played a f- full season. So, right, and then how great would it be? You get some guy like this to come in and uh, and he comes in and actually his senior year plays a full year because I'm I'm telling you right now with the way he knows that offense and the, the stats he's put up since Babers has come. I mean, you're talking about. I mean, I'm not saying he'll win the Heisman, but you'd be, you'd be able to put the numbers right next to the Heisman quarterbacks. Next year, I'll, I'll guarantee you. Really? Between his between his rushing and his passing, because of oh, the system. Oh yeah, yeah. If he stays, it healthy, happened all the you're, time. You're assuming he stays healthy all year. If he stays healthy, I'm saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I. But I, you used to you used to see it all the time. The Texas A&M, uh, the Texas A&M, um, Mike Leach's quarterbacks because of his air raid and he just throw, throw, throw. Uh, they never came close to being Heisman candidates. This is net, but they would throw for a ridiculous amount of yards and a just ridiculous amount of touchdowns, and they really didn't get the credit for it because of the system. So it's just kind of what happens, and because they didn't win, you know, go to huge bowl games. But yeah, so well, well, we'll it would be great to I, see him he, stay healthy. But also, there's always that intrigue of what Devito is going to look like in live action. So well, when you're when you're someone like Dungey who is spent you know time in a splint and spent you know walking boots and and you know been out oh yeah you know i'm pretty sure he you, played the rest of that florida state game with a broken foot and they almost won was it florida state or miami no was it miami it was one of the two it was i don't know I which it was one was miami first. was was the game where he was just like people were picking him up off the ground to get him back to the scrimmage oh room. yeah okay then that was in him yeah. yeah, and then he no. had season-ending surgery after that game, so it <laughs> yeah, just tells no you kidding. what. <laughs> just like no quitting the guy. He's got like, he's. I like, guess that's why he was doing flying knee kicks that game oh. because. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, he didn't care about getting suspended because he knew it was his last game. <laughs> was that the same game? 
Miami was the one where he like jumped in the air twice, leading oh, with his gosh. knee, like running people over and stuff. Yeah, you're right. That's true. He was on something. Yeah, he was on yeah, some, it, some yeah. stuff that game. I'll tell you what, and that was heroic. Yeah, dude, it was kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was so much fun to watch last year. I mean, he's always yeah. fun, not just last year, exactly. but before too. But sometimes you cringe, but sometimes you don't. Sometimes you're like, go, yes, do it. You know what I mean? And you're just like, you because he's so he's he gets hurt, but he's like resilient. Like you know, he's going to be in there for the game at least. Yeah. You know, but it's, we just, were, it's we, awesome because you're just like, yes, he's willing to do that for me. Yes. <laughs> yeah, right. You, just, you know we, what were, I mean? we were just so close to getting a bowl game where you, you're kind of thinking, you know, if we could get this game, that Miami game was close. I mean, we were in that game. For, for a, there's a lot of close games. We were, yeah. we were right. LSU was close. Yeah. I mean, but, right. Riley doesn't drop that pass in the end zone. We could probably win that game. So, I mean, there's a lot of games against great competition. We were right there. Right yeah. there. So I mean, four and eight looked bad, but I don't think it. Like we've talked about it before, and it was at the end of the year. Like we talked about it, and but they were they were better than a four and eight team based upon their strength of schedule and how they played those games yeah, and with their injuries. I, I think so. I'm too. sorry. It was the last. It was it was Dungy going out just pretty much canned the year. It was like it was kind of like it affected the whole. It affected the defense too. The defense was strong pretty much all the way until. Yeah, it's dude. It's dude. It's depth. Favors yeah, has got to yeah. get to a point where. Yeah. We can't use well, injuries. Just, injuries is the reason why we lose. Yeah, he's we finally now starting to to work his recruits to in, the, exactly. in the majority. So, and this know. is going to be the test because yeah, since we've had Dungy, every time he's gotten hurt, we have not had anybody. I mean, it's basically like he gets hurt, and that's why we lost. So, yeah, you well. know, if he gets hurt and DeVito comes in and, and we win a couple games, then that would actually kind of complete this almost like it would be completing a circle, you know? Yeah, and of I what like Babers wants. So, I like that DeVito kid too. So, I'm, I feel very comfortable with him as a backup, put it that way. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, but there's been so much hype, that's why. I know. <laughs> we haven't I know, really but seen him in the action. You can go watch him on YouTube, though. I mean, he's got some, I know. He's got some good but live stuff. He's got some good live stuff, though, unedited. You know, as far as. Uh, target practice with the football and stuff like that, um, which is big. That's key. So, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. It's pretty accurate. So. Yeah, he's wicked accurate. All right. Despite all the drama, Syracuse will make the NCAA tournament in lacrosse. They'll face off against uh, nine-seed Cornell at 7:15 this Sunday. They'll be an eight-seed. Um, they lost against. Uh, they lost against Cornell earlier in, in the year, April tenth, yeah. uh, thirteen to eight. So um, there yeah. was there were, I guess there was drama about them not making it, but I mean they were ranked uh, as high as like seventh this season. I think when the season wrapped up, they were still in the top ten, maybe, maybe not. No, yeah, I don't I don't know if they were, but re- when you look at their schedule, they make a big deal about what like what they say they lost the first round of the ACC tournament, right? Well, yeah, the regular the regular season they went four and zero and they beat everybody in the ACC. Right. So, and then as far as the other, they don't look at their non conference schedule and see what type of uh, type of teams they played. Um, so they had a very very tough strength of schedule, and they had, I mean, they beat number Army was number nine, uh, Virginia number five when they beat them. Duke was number three, Notre Dame number six. So yeah. and they beat they UNC just, was unranked when they beat them, but UNC was unranked. But yeah, so and I think UNC might be the only ACC team that didn't make the 
the uh, tournament actually. But um, even some of their losses, most of their losses came from, I mean, they had a bad game against John Hopkins. They lost the game against Rutgers, which usually doesn't happen. Second game of the season, they lost to Albany at the dome, but uh, Albany was number three. So they're a good team. So overall, when you look at their strength of schedule, as far as who they played, they didn't really have too many pushovers. Most of the teams they played were ranked. So Albany was had a spread in Lacrosse magazine. Yeah. This month. So mm-hmm. yeah, and there there's a lot of hype around Albany. Um, yeah. So So yeah, I mean we get a chance to come back and uh, you saw what happened. We, we we came out and we lost to Virginia after we beat Virginia in the regular season. We lost to Virginia uh 10 to 11. Uh, right at the end of the game in the first round of the the ACC tournament. And we came back, we had a game right in between and just, you know, it's that one game before the tournament. I think it was on Saturday and the game, uh, the selection show was on Sunday. Um, But they beat, (laughs) they beat Colgate this past Saturday, 17 to five. And um, I think now that they're in and they see, they get a chance to play home and and get a, a rematch against Cornell. I think they're pretty, they're pretty hyped up to, uh, to get this tournament going. So I like our chances to get yeah. redemption in this one. It's fun. It's fun to watch. So, Oh um, yeah. Once the tournament starts, it's definitely fun to watch. It's getting, it's to gets getting there, you know, it's a short season though. I mean, really? Oh yeah. It goes fast. And, yeah, it and does. I think eventually as, as the, as the sport grows, I think the tournament's going to end up growing. I think some of the conferences are going to end up growing. Um, so I'm just hoping that it'll end up getting to a higher level, but you know, just one of those things you can already tell it's growing because of so many teams and, and it's are competitive. Now it used to be, there was only, you know, a handful of teams. Syracuse used to win national championships every other year. I know it. I know it. And then like Duke, you know, they became competitive a few years back. Oh yeah. And so. then the old Cornell coach moved out to Denver and Denver's lacrosse program has been pretty good. So, uh, I mean, there's just, a lot of stuff going on. They're expanding all over the place. So, yeah, and it's like one of, lacrosse is one of those sports where it's still really like slow to catch on, especially like for youth sports here in in Virginia Beach. I mean, we had to join a league. You know, schools aren't really offering it. They're mostly clubs in schools, so it's a lacrosse club, and it's not really a formal sport. So right. it's, it's still catching on. So it's one of those sports that's. It's it's so much fun to watch. It's so much fun. I'm watching 11, 12-year-olds, my son playing, and it's yep. a blast. It's a blast. And yep. these some of these kids, man, they're good. They're good. And, and you know, Dylan's going to do a lacrosse camp and stuff this year. He's psyched about it. But, yep. you know, it's one of those sports, too, where um, it's one of the e- – it's not easy. It's never easy to get a scholarship. But it's one of those sports where if you can – if you can play, you can get a scholarship. Yeah, and that sport is still growing. And honestly, your thought process right there is, I mean, I didn't have, the sport wasn't big enough with me, but that's one of the sports that I wish I would have played because I think exactly what you thought right there. The majority of the people, I mean, when you look at some of the the people that come, I mean, there's a guy from North Carolina here, a guy from Texas here, this, this, and that. I mean, but then you get, you know, 10 to 20 guys just from CNY that are going division one every single year. So, I mean, like where we grew up in Syracuse, I mean, that's just a hotbed, you know? Yeah. So if you can, if you can stand out and you can stick out no matter where you are, I mean, as it's, and it's growing too, more and more, more and more colleges every single year are adding lacrosse. Yeah. My, so. my cousin who grew up 
he grew up half in Syracuse and half here, and he got a collegiate scholarship for high school playing goalie, and then uh, he went what something like second team All American or something like that, and then he went um, he got a he got a scholarship from UVA and turned it down. No. <laughs> He turned it down to go to Philly U to chase his girlfriend. Well, you know. Who he later married. And they have kids and stuff now. So I guess, you know, whatever. But UVA, come on. I guess his plan worked. But yeah, yeah I, I get guess it. So. Um, but all right. Well, that's Let's it. Let's hope that's for the best, man. Get through this first yeah. round and then probably play Maryland. Yeah, we're going to be coming back again in a week or two to do yeah. our, our, our promised NCAA episode. Probably won't yes. be a ton to talk about, but I mean, it's a. I don't know. There's a, a lot of stuff coming no, there out. There is a lot of stuff coming out, but that's kind of like a bullet point thing. There's a lot of like unnecessary things going on with that, like the whole yeah. commission thing. You know what I'm saying? I want to stick to the important things. Looks like uh, the one and done rule is going to be gone, so we'll get into that a little bit, or at least they're trying to push it out very hard. So, um, oh yeah. We'll get into that. So that's it. That's all we got. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate it. For Joe, I'm Sean. We're out. Peace. You just heard the Q's Nation Podcast with Sean and Joe.